Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. I've heard that the term teenager is relatively new, and for a long time, you were either a child or an adult. Um, But somewhere, maybe 100 years ago, the teen years emerged as some sort of bridge between childhood and adulthood. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta. He's the head of parenting and youth here at Focus. And uh, Danny, today, the teen years are often treated kind of as an extension of childhood. How should we be viewing those teen years? <laughs> You're absolutely right, John. It's, it's viewed as this is your last hurrah. Get it all out before you become an adult, rather than a preparation for adulthood. You can yeah. still have fun along the way. Adult years are can be fun. And so really this is a time of practicing and failing well. And that means failing and then adjusting, talking about it. And really it's it's about a lot of instruction and coaching and giving freedoms and maybe pulling back freedoms for a little while. It's helping kids learn and it's all about growth with with added freedoms. They're not going all out. You have all the freedom in the world. It's a practicing towards that and mm-hmm. an earning of trust uh, as they get to 18, 19, 20, where they can be confident in the places they'll be as young adults. Well, we have certainly gotten a lot of calls over the years about parents who are really frustrated because their teenagers aren't stepping up. They're not becoming the adults we want them to be. But Um, We invited uh, Dr. Ken Wilgus. He is an author and licensed psychologist, and he's a specialist in this. Here he is talking with Jim Daly and me about gradually preparing your child for adulthood. Ken, speak to the idea of planned emancipation, which is really the theme of feeding the mouth that bites you, how you can help plan the emancipation of your teenager. What's that general... You could could practically title the book Planned Emancipation, really. That's really what it's about, which is um, getting ahead of the curve, knowing that by 13, your teenager uh, needs and needs to need to be out on their own eventually. So you get out ahead of it, and in an orderly, rational fashion, you give over that freedom uh, in reasonable stages. Now, with freedom always comes responsibility. So by letting go of one thing, you also leave them to their own consequences of the things that they're uh, doing. My favorite is always the, the easy one is music, that you can give a teenager... Um, you now have the freedom. It's up to you to make your own decision about music, what you listen to. That's between you and God. However, if your little sister is caught on your phone listening to some of that stuff, then you're going to lose your phone for a day. You need to make sure that's just true of any adult. You have to be held responsible for your own behavior. So um, freedom carries responsibility with it. And then this is to your point. By letting go of that, it should allow and does allow for what often never happens, which is a parent really being able to say, can I look at your playlist? Do you mind if I just ask you about, doesn't this bug you on a Sunday morning listening? And again, it's not, I'm not telling you you can't, but can we talk about that and really have some substantive And in that context, you're saying you get more opportunity and more open heart from your teenager if they've been able to. If they believe you. If they believe yeah. that you really aren't going to step right. back and, and go, okay, you've demonstrated that you've let them have some That's decision-making right. authority. Let's further uh, illuminate that emancipation idea. You have a, uh, I think you call it the word picture of how planned emancipation works. It's kind of a country with different states. Describe it. Well, just picture a map, basically, with a large sort of continent divided into states. And this is the uh, sovereign nation of 
your kid, Brandon, uh, you know, whoever. And it's divided into these discrete areas that are might be school, uh, clothing, money, uh, different aspects of that, that require control. And you start looking at that by what teenagers look at is um, how much of my territory is occupied by your armies. Your troops <laughs> are on my stuff. Well, that's, why, that's why kids and teenagers are really bothered by, um, it, you know, like a teenager, parents are always stunned by Dr. Lewis. We asked him, do you have homework? And he said no. But guess what? He, he did. did. As if, you know, that's a big stunner. That that's never happened to my house. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> I think that's great. But for the rest of us. So you're saying that's the wrong question? They, they don't even care. It, they're not even, they don't even feel guilty. It's more like you shouldn't be in this territory in the first place. Huh. And I don't actually feel bad about, basically, that's passive uh, resistance to this occupying army, which is you shouldn't be looking at my school stuff anyway. That is really funny. So you want to make your way out of those territories. That's kind of their statement of "I can do this," uh, it, even if even if they're failing. Well, something, that's it the question, Ken. So, a lot of parents are saying, "Yeah, well, school. Guess what? That's how important the autonomy need is." You know, when you try to talk, what parents would think reasonably, honey, you're failing algebra, so we're going to step in. Okay, you don't get a teenager who goes, "Okay," she may have to, may not have a better answer. She still doesn't like it. Should because, we step in? Uh, you know, the question there has more to do with uh, the details of how you set up. Um, what kind of freedom you're giving. And that's all laid out in the book. You mm-hmm. can start by backing away from micromanaging, but you still have to maintain minimum grades. You can do it different ways that, again, I think parents do a better job of rationally stepping out in reasonable chunks rather than this, fine, you do it yourself, mm-hmm. pass or fail. You don't have to go that far. Uh, Ken, let me ask you to explain why it's critical that parents respect the decisions their teens make. You've mentioned choices. You've talked about this battle map or this idea of emancipation and uh, the parents send their troops in to occupy the territory of their teens. But how do we respect that, especially if we disagree with it, like music choices? How do you actually respect some of those, what I would say are really bad decisions? And how do you tolerate it? It starts by recognizing that you are talking to a young adult, not an old child, and that you respect that they have uh, their own thinking process, whether they're going to tell you this or not. And then lastly, as we've talked about, increasing your influence by really communicating. You know, that map we talked about, you want to make sure that you're in um, in favor of eventually having all of your troops, so to speak, withdrawn from this young adult's life so that you can say, and it means something, that these things are up to you now. Mm. And the vast majority of young people will return to most of their parents' um, priorities in life um, when they get married, it, when, when they, they have married, their first child, it is an interesting observation. Yes. And that's they come a lot long. quicker if you've, again, allowed them in our house. You grew up. You didn't just get away. Yeah. Some really great insights from Ken Wilgus. And uh, Danny, I wonder if you had anything to add in terms of what we might call um, reasonable steps uh, <laughs> for helping our, our teens grab on to freedom and responsibility. Well, it's good to list out the negotiable rules that you have in your home and the non-negotiables, and as they're earning more responsibilities, how some of those rules begin to change. You know, some of the kids, some of the teenagers start to gain more responsibility each year, and even maybe at their birthday, you can say, here are the new things that you have ownership over because you've gained trust. Trust is on a continuum. It's not you have it or you don't. It may drop because of a decision you make. And here are ways that you rebuild some of that trust mm-hmm. along the way. 
And I love to tell my son, especially he's he's turning 17 here uh, in June oh. uh, this month. And so that is uh, th- that's an important milestone for us as he's really preparing for that 18 uh, year of, of which kind of seems to be the demarcation for a, uh, becoming an adult in our culture. Right. And th- this is him, the baton being passed to him so that he can own it. And what I tell him is. I want life to go well for you. So as we practice this, know that it's going to be imperfect. I'm not looking for you to be perfect. This is about growth. And let's talk about things that may not be going well, things that are going well. And I make sure that I point those out. Hey, I noticed how you talked respectfully to your mom, Mm -hmm. my wife. That was fantastic. Or I noticed that you treated your sister kindly or with respect. And pointing those out so he knows what word goes with that action as he becomes an adult and continues to understand the impact of his actions and decisions on the relationships around him and also in in managing his responsibilities. If he's managing his job well, hey, you're doing a great job showing up on time. Mm -hmm. That is responsible. That is trustworthy. uh, That's respectful to uh, your employer hey, you're man, you made a very good purchase decision. So making sure we're pointing out the good things as much as we are pointing out the corrections. Yeah, that's a tough one. I think a lot of us don't do that so well very naturally, but it's it really is important for us to accentuate the positive, if you will, and to point that out. Listen, we have uh, so many great resources about parenting during this season, the teen years. So if that's where you're at, or more importantly, if you're heading there in the next few years, stop by the website and get equipped. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, tools there, including a free parenting assessment. Um, we're going to encourage you to take a few minutes and fill that out and just see how you're doing as a mom or a dad. It's really going to be insightful for you. And then we do, of course, recommend the book by Dr. Ken Wilgus, Feeding the Mouth That Bites You. And if you can, please make a generous donation of any amount to focus today. We'll say thank you for joining the support team by sending a copy of that book to you. More information is available uh, in the episode show notes or call 1-800-THE-LETTER-A-IN-THE-WORD-FAMILY. Next time, how to peacefully resolve conflict with your teenager. For now, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Mm -hmm.